Hello and welcome to Space Ghost, Coast to Coast. Are you getting enough oxygen? Today we're interviewing one Alex Fleming. You're some sort of comedian? Make sure uh, to clear your throat. <clears throat> Thank you, Zorak. I was talking to Fleming. Is, do you want me to talk now? Is this yes. when I get to talk? Yes, talk now. You're boring uh, us. This, talk faster or face my lasers. Oh, uh, hi, Space Ghost. How, how is it going? Doing just fine. Now tell me about your superpowers. Um, well, I, uh, I have the power to turn a traffic light green just by looking at it. That's racist. Uh, if you try it, it'll just, it'll turn green if you, if you stare at it long enough. Um. And, uh, as I understand it, you're in charge of some sort of great question of the universe. Yes, I have a podcast. It's called Great Question. And I have a great answer. Oh, why, thank you. I can predict the future, and I know what questions you're going to ask me. Do you know how Space Ghost is going to die? I know well, that. Space Ghost has always been dead. That's right. I am a ghost. And from space. I don't know if I've mentioned that. You mention it all the time. So what do you see in the future? I see a great heaping, a heaping pile of money. A, a heaping yes. pile of money. Is this my money? Jackpot. Zorak, I own 40% of anything you own. No. Uh, I, I see... Uh, I. I I see you appearing on my podcast, Space Ghost. Oh, oh, this is this is so unexpected. I better get a bigger chair than him. T tell me, do you worry about your twin brother finding you? Do you feel remorse? Uh, let's. This is getting a little personal. Uh, why don't you ask me another question, Space Ghost? If you're a ghost and you're dead, what's the afterlife like? It's kind of like the after party. Right now we have our talk show, and then afterward we'll go to somebody's house and have a bunch of fun, and maybe you'll be dead too, and you can go to your own after party. Oh. I'll bring the nose candy. Do we get party hats? As far as the eye can see. So do all your interviews go like this? No, they're usually much, much more awkward. This is this is sort of advanced because we're used to only two people having this understanding. Yeah, <laughs> now yeah. it's three. Also, even if it went badly, we let it we let it be our intro anyway. It's it's never good. Okay, <laughs> it's no, just no, no. better. <laughs> That's uh, that was so. I just kept thinking about um about things that I that I know and love from the show. Um, when the Ramones are guests, Space Ghost tells them that they can't have party hats because they are punks. <laughs> punks do not get party hats. I think I think the problem that we're all having is that we are reasonable, logical folk, and that's not the that's not how the show do. <laughs> 
Um, so I guess let's let's introduce our show <laughs> so yeah. that we can talk about your show so that we can talk about this show. He's wow. not on mic yet. He has to wait in the green room. <laughs> All right. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Ben. And I'm Zane. And welcome back to the Carton Cast. Our first guest tonight. <laughs> the Carton Cast Coast to Coast. We are definitely not getting enough oxygen. <laughs> and uh, this is a podcast where we review old cartoons. And our first guest up tonight is one person whose name is <laughs> written down. Okay. <laughs> Alex Fleming. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. Um, and Alex Fleming, you are the uh, host of your own podcast, the Great Question Podcast. Uh, correct, but without the definite article. Great Question Podcast? Just Great Question. Exclamation point, right? A, a great question. Um, that's an that's an indefinite article. Yes. Yes. By the, by the way, be as silly or as serious as you please, because it won't matter. It'll be silly. Okay. Just okay. just so you're aware. That's fine. So that's why don't fine. why don't you uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your podcast and what you do on it? Okay. Um I'm a comedian here in new york city and i used to be a magician for uh quite some time until i blew out my wrist doing too much sleight of hand so what uh, do you mean by magician if you don't mind me asking okay. like what did you do precisely uh, a lot of a lot of card slights i uh, okay. made things appear disappear show up in places that they were not previously um all all sorts of you know, your standard close-up walk-around magic uh, made me pretty insufferable at parties. Um, <laughs> but you I were would... enjoying yourself, and that's the important The part. people who demanded that you do the card tricks, they were the insufferable ones. Oh, they yeah. weren't I... as bad as that guy on the guitar. <laughs> oh, that guy. That was the worst. It was it was pretty good, except actually I I, I do a joke about this, but um the the worst were were Wiccan hecklers. Um, they really? were absolutely the worst people that I had. They called to you deal a with. fraud. They would always ask me uh, to do real magic. That's what they would say. <laughs> what, are, what do they want from you? I don't. You, I don't know. You know, you when those are your, you can pretty much ignore those heckles, right? Like those are not <laughs> coming from a place of sanity. You, well, and then <laughs> you listen yeah. to those like you listen to a dog's opinion, right? Oh, I wouldn't listen to. I, I, and those were the people that it was the most fun to fool with a magic trick. <laughs> it was do, so. Do great. real magic? You mean like this? Yeah. How did he do that, Kalima? Yeah, someone tried to kick me out of a party actually by by yelling, "Burn the wizard!" at the top of their lungs at the end. You know, uh, I've had a bit like, of that myself. Fucking his teaching. girl. Why'd you get thrown out of a party? Uh, because uh, so. <laughs> So actually, what I do on the podcast now is I just stick to, um, to I, I read fortunes with tarot cards. That's what I do oh, yeah. on Great Question. Um, and what happened to this particular party was that there were some tarot cards out, and someone What's said, "What's a brother hey. to do?" Someone <laughs> approached me and said, "Hey, I heard that you read tarot cards. Would you read my future?" And I said, "Sure." And then this Wiccan girl uh, showed up. Knocked all of the tarot cards <sighs> off the table in a single sweeping motion. Now that's gonna mess up your feng shui. Oh yeah. Then said I was doing <laughs> everything wrong. Uh, nice. and took over 
and did her own tarot reading. <laughs> Which wow. I'm assuming was based on the scientific method. No, it was uh, based <laughs> on the, the fact way, that... Scrub. It, it was based on the fact that her mom went to school for tarot cards. And that's, that's not what... a school. That's I... Burning Man. <laughs> <laughs> she got it wrong. She forgot what... She... What it was called. Now, oh, yeah. as I understand it, you are a self-proclaimed charlatan, correct? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm not sure uh, what piece of my press kit that uh, uh, said that, but um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, the, this, the the subtitle of Great Question is that magic is not real, and this, that's what's been really fun for me to explore. On I was that not podcast. aware it was a subtitle. <laughs> it's pretty, it's a hidden subtitle. <laughs> it's not an, actually okay. visible. It's one of those invisible subtitles. It is a Ours great is subtitle. <laughs> you, you want a subtitle that really just like drives home the malaise of living. <laughs> like magic is not real. You're going to die. Like these are all great <laughs> subtitles. What was our subtitle, Ben? Subverting the children. Subverting the children was one of them. Uh, another one was just the just the name Buck Tud Russell. That's right. Oh, nice. Or um, just or are, just the recipe for an omelet. What so, are you guys what? subverting children with? Uh, with with, <laughs> with hindsight, with the fact that you see the, their cartoons later as adults. Yeah, I mean a little bit. When you go we back to cartoons as adults. Ways. When you go back to cartoons as adults, you see a lot of things that really are not correct. Mm-hmm. You know like, how uh, Rugrats had that whole like mythology behind Angelica just imagined all these babies, and they're actually like one of them was a stillbirth, and one of them was related somehow to being a hermaphrodite. I don't remember exactly what it was. Yeah, I don't know this theory at all. Zane, do you remember it any better? There's a lot of theories. Or how about Winnie the Pooh and all of his friends are like... uh, Mental disorders. Mental disorders, yeah. Oh, I've heard that. Or like Mario's uh, on Mushrooms in a Pet Shop. I've heard that one also. Oh, now that one I have not heard. But yeah, as it turns out, a lot of cartoons are like that. So in that way, we are subverting (laughs) the children. Gotcha. Um, Revolution. And... So I I, I listened to some episodes of your podcast, and you have these kind of three segments. You have truth, uh, magic, and interpretation. And I really like the way that you, like, divide those up. And um, listening to you do the magic with the tarot card readings, I got interested in it myself. And I went and I bought my own uh, tarot card deck. Oh, no. Really? You're saying that was love letter. You bought (laughs) a love letter deck. I I can buy a lot of decks. (laughs) I can buy both decks. Um, But I didn't get, like like, a legit deck like a raider white or um or a thought deck i got uh it's called chrysalis tarot it's kind of a hippy dippy version and i got it because it was cheaper and the pictures were prettier <laughs> it's well you say chrysalis tarot and i think starcraft that's no <laughs> the, the no? ace of fates. zerg the fates require more minerals <laughs> yeah what what is I've never heard of this. I mean, I'm sure it's just it's as like valid in, as instead of like uh, the Empress, you have Gaia. Instead of you oh, okay. know the world, you have Psyche. Like it's it's uh-huh. that sort of thing. Okay. Um, and I like it. It just requires me to know two different interpretations, both the classical and the the other one. But I'm I'm getting really into it. And uh, my some of my students like they saw me like playing with it, and they were like, uh-huh. "Oh, what's that?" And they got they got really into it. Oh, so you yeah, are subverting the children. Well, yes. Well, I'm already them witchcraft. a chemistry teacher rapper. <laughs> what? Um, I, I've, been known, I've been known to rap a bit. Okay. I've been I didn't realize throw that, down. I didn't realize you teach chemistry, Zane. I do. Or I will for the next three days. Oh. <laughs> Good. Get out of my 
Um, I actually this is actually a will. I I I'm I'm a ghost now. Um, I use I only use my powers for good though. There was one student who was freaking out. Do you know about this new like Charlie thing? Yes, Ben. Did I mention this in an earlier episode? I believe this was the Vietnam War. (laughs) This is referring to. This is uh, you referred to how a magic trick went viral. Yeah. Say what? Yeah, there's this you didn't, trick you didn't you, mention this in. You you put a pencil on top of another pencil and it points to no or yes. It's it's like a Ouija board for people who can't <laughs> buy a piece of wood with with letters on it. It's pretty dumb. But my that's my like student... Ian Malcolm's school of tarot yes. reading. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what it is. But um, it's all about. Uh, it was a viral marketing campaign for yeah. some for horror pencils. film. Oh no, yeah. It was some horror film, uh, but what was great about the story that I saw was that a uh, Vatican uh, exorcist weighed in on the issue to let people know not to mess with demons. So very wait, credible. Wait a second. Oh, wait, can, can okay. I swear on this? Yeah. Oh, good. Fuck yeah, yeah bro. So he, said, he, he said not to fuck with demons. He didn't say that, but that was the gist. <laughs> I would love saying. it. <laughs> That's something that you would expect out of like little Nicky or Dogma, just <laughs> like a... A high-ranking church oh, official coming the on the air and be like, "Yo, bro, don't mess yeah, with this guy." And like punctuate it with one of them West Side like <laughs> throw the hand down gestures. <laughs> yeah, don't fuck with demons. Um, I, I don't. Do, demons do those, are not something. Do I they fuck still with. have exorcists? I think so. Somebody's got to be doing it, right? Yes. Um, I mean, considering how few demons roam the earth these days, they must be doing their job. They're too good. <laughs> yeah, um, John Dies at the of... End was a documentary, you know. But um, I had this student who, like, was doing the reading with the Charlie thing and thought that she was going to die. And I had to, like, I was like, listen, that's not legit magic. Do you want me to tell your actual fortune? She's like, <laughs> yeah. And so I, like, did interpretation and I, like, softened it a bit because I think she got something like the desolation card or something, which <laughs> probably death wouldn't have helped. and death. That's weird. <laughs> wow. What is the desolation card? Oh, yeah. So each <laughs> each of the Chrysalis Tarot have, like, their own, like, Ace of Stones of, or something is, like, they all each have their own name. Like, I've been trying to figure this out for a bit. Okay. Um, but, We're good at uh, yeah. interpreting things that don't actually have meaning. But yeah, so I like talked her down, and she like calmed down a lot more. So yeah, I only use it for good. Yeah, you, you only lie to the children when it's in their best interests. That's ben, how you're supposed to use magic. It's it's called high school. <laughs> That's well, uh, but that is <laughs> that is a proper use of magic. If you're going to lie to someone, use it for entertainment or for their own good. Right. It's the only reasons it's acceptable. If they think the spirit of a pencil is going to murder them, I owe it to them to help them. Honestly, I'm I'm jealous of that level of willful ignorance. <laughs> like I I can't believe that shit. I can't pray and think it's going to do something. I'm too far gone. Oh my gosh, you guys, we should, this is just sounding like my podcast now. It's just, <laughs> that's the other thing that I like to do is we, we do the tarot stuff, but I also like, and you never get a chance to just talk, just shoot the shit about religion in like a not high stakes environment with people usually. Uh, right? That uh, sounds awesome. You will never be in a lower stakes environment than this <laughs> podcast. Good. Good. Because not only, not only do, does nobody listen to it, we don't listen to it. That's oh. not true. I listen to it a lot. <laughs> That's true. I'm like, man, Ben, that was a good joke. Oh, Ben, you're so sexy. Leave, 
I just want to leave Ben a lot of like choice bits to listen back to, you know. As long that's my that was my nickname in high school. Choice, choice bits. bits. Yeah, that's right. Uh. So cool. yeah. So yeah. Our podcast follows a different flow, as Absolutely. the viewers are aware of. Um, you've listened to a couple episodes, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you, you know that we generally do the production history, the plot, the characters, the tone of the show, and then some audio and visual. Yeah. A V club at the end. But since you are our guest and we have uh and, and you have suggested this show, I would like to know <laughs> what uh why did you choose this show? What? Why why no, space? No, Zane, goes? Zane, Zane. Ben. Ben Ben what? Ben. What possessed you? <laughs> Ooh. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank to you. Choose space ghost coast to coast. It was a ghost. Um Ooh. A, a ghost. So this is a show that's just been very important to me for a long time for a bunch of different reasons. When I was a little kid, when I was like, uh, you know, like seven to ten, somewhere in that range. I'd say seven to eleven, maybe. You know, just to get the whole seven to seven eleven uh, mojo yeah, mm-hmm. flowing. That's when um, I was born. It's the good so energy. I grew up in um, in Los Angeles and San Diego. That's where I was uh, a kid, and it was always on Eastern time. I remember watching mm. this show, and my <laughs> friend saw it, and I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. There's a talk <laughs> show with a cartoon guy talking to real people. I can't believe this. And I would tune in at the right time it said in the TV guide, and it was always the wrong time. <laughs> <laughs> this happened to me, like... Thanks, TV guide. Yeah. <laughs> You're the TV really guide, man. You're subverting the children. This was before they started doing the thing where they, you know, standardized that Eastern and Pacific time were yeah. the same, and it was just Central that got screwed. But <laughs> as uh, if they so, weren't screwed already by being in Central. Yeah, I'm so sorry, country. I'm not parts of the country. <laughs> I'm glad. I don't. I don't know. We shouldn't be openly hostile. <laughs> I'm very openly hostile. The Carton cast, the openly hostile. All right. <laughs> Firing shots, Carton shots. Pew, pew. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's, egg uh, I mean, I, I guess if you want to make a good podcast, you got to break some eggs, right? That's what they say. Nice. Um, Swish. Uh, so, yeah, so, so the show started off just being like a mysterious thing that was just out of arm's reach for a long time. And mm. then... Uh, it wasn't really till I got to college that I really sat down and gave Space Coast Coast to Coast the time it deserved. And that was due to um, illegal fire, file sharing. That was a, a common thing, you know, during our, my misspent youth. And, and so I got a copy. You're among friends. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but yeah, so I got a copy I of... You watch all these dang old cartoons. Yeah. It's only illegal file sharing if you download or watch something without paying for it. <laughs> is it really murder to kill a man <laughs> so it's not illegal file sharing if you murder a person i think that's what i said i think yes. we found a loophole all right <laughs> nothing's a crime if you're a ghost yeah. <laughs> try to put that behind bars you can just flash step so um you were yeah. saying no <laughs> It's, uh, it's pretty important. I just I just went through like a deep depression, and someone had given me uh, all of Space Ghost Coast to Coast in a zip file. And that's so awesome. I just yeah. that's a good therapy to have. Yeah. I, so I like I went into this period of time, starting with Space Coast, and then just emerged after I had seen it all. That's basically what happened, and uh, it's, it's it's just one of my favorite things. This, this was your Mount Sinai. Yeah, I, I emerged I, I wonder, a changed person. 
I wonder if you, in like, in the future, if you go into a depression again, you'll get this Pavlovian and then just start reciting space ghostisms. <laughs> <laughs> have you, like, you just conflate the two now. Well, there there are some, and, and you know, I, I watched it a little bit in, in high school, but it was like my cool friend who had the DVD, so like I never actually had access to it myself. So mm. it's just, it, it was always this unattainable, and then I was so sad, and then I finally got the thing I had always wanted for all this time, which was just to see all the Space Coast, and uh, and that's that's why I, why I chose it. And it's it's just it's such a, a weird and unique thing. I mean, there's lots of like weird cartoons that are out there, but certainly. There, we can attest to that. There aren't a lot that that are just straight up talk shows. <laughs> yes, this this is say what you will about it. This is a rare beast. <laughs> yeah, um, I've got two things I want to say about what uh, Alex just went over. First, I think it's really interesting the way you described it as uh, sort of this unattainable thing where cartoons were talking to real people. It seems <laughs> like that was just like a world opening experience for you. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah. When Super Smash Brothers happened, I was like, holy shit, like, <laughs> all of my dreams come, coming to life, this is incredible. Like, and I don't want to draw too many comparisons, but I understand the idea. Yeah. Um, and uh, second of all, you are adhering pretty closely to our mission statement in that we watched it as kids, now we watch it as adults, and we oh, get good. something different out of it. So your input is going to be very interesting through the uh, through the process of okay. Well, I don't know this show. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I should say this on mic, but I mean, uh, just because of like copyright, and I don't want us to lose out on a lot of money. But I <laughs> I'm v- envisioning a space ghost brawling game where characters from the cartoon universe are able to fight each other, and maybe Nintendo characters. You know, um, might as well throw throw Jigglypuff in there. Get Cthulhu yeah. Beast too. Yeah. I would, I would love to see that. There needs to be more, just, just Amer, you know, America, the melting pot of different <laughs> cartoons and creatures from all over beating the shit out of each other. You know, that's if really there's something you can do in this era. It's throw a top ten list together, and people just flock to it. There's really not enough violence in our culture, <laughs> is what I found. <laughs> yeah, just trying uh, to I just sow some seeds of violence, just put it in wherever I can. Yeah, I'm not going to be around to be violent forever. Yeah, <laughs> got to get it out <laughs> now. <laughs> got to make some kids so they can take up my, my agenda. Yeah. So, um, yeah, with with that, I think we should probably lead into the production history. All right, let's um, do it. So, Space Ghost Coast to Coast premiered on Cartoon Network in 1994 and moved to Adult Swim in 2001. It Wasn't Adult Swim on Cartoon Network? It I'm is technically super confused. You know, but it didn't they exist never at the time. It's it's like Toonami, like it's a programming block that is hosted oh, by okay. a network. Yeah, um, and actually, Toonami was a spinoff of Space Ghost. Oddly enough, really, the Moltar was the first host. I remember hearing that Space Ghost was very like uh, influential, both in its original series in the '60s by Hanna Barbera. Mm-hmm. Um, it spawned a lot of the hype of, in the '60s for superhero shows. And then it was also influential in the 90s, and it started spawning these sort of absurdist um, comedies. They make various reference to Harvey Birdman being in the set one lot over in the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think also Aqua Teen. Yeah, so um, Aqua Teen, uh, The Brack Show, and Cartoon Planet were all spinoffs of Space Ghost. <laughs> Brack they had a lot of the same people, me. if I remember. Yeah, correctly. a lot of a lot of the same voice actors. A lot of the the Brack show, of course, is its own kind of. <laughs> that, <laughs> are, are you going to go that into that one's a dissertation right there? <laughs> are, are you going to go into the you know the the, the sort of the, the way that it was created? Um. um so I mean, I'm the character 
the character of Space Ghost came, like like Ben said, from a 60s cartoon called Space Ghost and Dino Boy. Mm, um, I love that. <laughs> I love Dino Boy. <laughs> but, but Coast to Coast was created by Mike Lazo of William Street Productions, which went on to do, um, you know, Harvey Birdman mm-hmm. and some of the other ones. Mm-hmm. Oh, too many Birdman. <laughs> <laughs> Twelve Angry Birdman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Harumph. Well, and, and Birdman and, you know, would, would host Space Ghost occasionally uh, before yeah. getting his own show. Oh, really? I didn't, I didn't see those episodes. Was it Gary Cole when he, was that, that voice? I don't, was I don't believe so. I don't know. I, I think so it was either. someone else. Yeah, I think you're right. And I don't think it was necessarily Harvey Birdman. It was, I, I don't know Birdman. what Harvey's connection is to the other Birdman. Um, I, I think Birdman is actually his last name as far as the, we, we've, we've been over this before, and uh, Alex, <laughs> I recommend that you check out episode, I think, 15, because yeah. we do Sorry. Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law. Guys, I am slacking. I didn't do the research. <laughs> I'll let you continue. I, we can, you, you saw Tom Goes <laughs> to the Mayor, and we you must have been research. tired after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're afraid that you're going to get sent to the depths of hell. Um, um, the interesting part of this show, mm-hmm. I think it's fair to say, is that it is a it is like it's recommissioned from this superhero sort of aesthetic. Uh, it's repackaged in a talk show format, right? So th- this is like Harvey Birdman. This is more different Harvey Birdman, and the way <laughs> it's really more different, the way it's even crazier, is that they do have these, as Alex said, these real life guest appearances. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's like Oprah inter- for weirdos. Can I can I throw one thing in mm-hmm. here real quick? Sure. Uh, yes, but only if you don't ask to throw things in. Okay. Um, <laughs> I am taking over. This is my show now. And Great. let yes. me tell you, uh, the the thing that I read an article before I uh, jumped on this microphone today, and so I, I, I'm not sure exactly the source, but uh, what it said was that the the reason Space Ghost came about was because there was zero budget for original programming on Cartoon <laughs> Network when it was created. It was just a place that Turner bought to just showcase the uh, archives of old cartoons that he had the rights to. Mm-hmm. And Space Ghost was originally created to sort of host this. Or no, he was. Uh, what happened was they were like, "Oh, let's let's make a new." Uh, this guy, Mike Lazo, was like, "Let's make an uh, an original show," and they uh, only had the rights to, according to Hanna Barbera, the for their forgettable characters. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, could, I mean, these guys, they only had a couple different animations to work with uh, uh, of the these animations that they had from the vaults, and I think the original pilot was a splice of some Denzel Washington footage. <laughs> And Space Ghost talking to create a fake interview of Denzel Washington. I love it. Now that is that is the business, and and that's such a creative idea to reuse a character from thirty years ago and just like slap animation on them and turn them into a completely different genre. Oh yeah, this was the first one to do it. We've seen other examples. Uh, I actually looked up uh, the original Space Ghost's origin story. Oh yeah, the 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 Barbera. Yeah, the summary sounds like really bonkers. Can I just read a couple sentences? Do it, please, please. Thaddeus Bach was a promising peacekeeper. He soon moved up the ranks of the Adelon elite. He caught the attention of Quartermaster Temple and was recruited into the Wraith. It goes on like this. (laughs) What? So good, (laughs) right? Like so much unnecessary like world building. (laughs) So Thaddeus is his full name. Thaddeus, yeah, but they call him Tad. Tad yeah, Ghost, I believe. Which yeah, is his new name. alter ego. Which okay, I like. So um can we talk about 
Can we just like go right into the characters? Because I need to, I need to ask some <laughs> questions about Space Ghost. Yes. Oh yeah. All right. I, I guess you know the question is just Space Ghost. <laughs> Why Space? What ghost? What exactly am I? What exactly am I talking about here? He's a, a ghost, ghost from that's space, in space. Yeah, like a ghost of space, or like a ghost that happened to be in space, or he's a go- like what's going on? Why it's is a he good a superhero? Question. It's like Batman, right? Like the bat isn't really. Like he's not, not actually part. a bat. He's not actually a bat. He's not it's actually space. So yeah, he's he's not he's space. <laughs> so he's a ghost. Part time space, full time ghost. Has some sort of spatial affectation. He he lives and operates in space. That's sort of his I, main I, place. I looked up where he gets his powers. So he gets his powers from his wristbands, which the power can bands. shoot. They can shoot a variety of beams. Yeah, and and from his inviso belt, which. Um, well, you can imagine. It allows him to inviso to the desk. Exactly. It allows him to have a belt that's invisible. I think. <laughs> but, but more so than that, which I always thought was a really fun, stupid thing about the show, is that he like teleports around. Yeah. Right? That's how he like gets from place to place. But he he, he can he fly. Invisos around is what he does. It's, it's <laughs> like its own particular. Well, I I lost the it, word, it's, but it's... It, no, 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 it's instant transmission. Yeah, I know this. This is an interesting... This is a fun mode of transportation in cartoons. It really... Invisoing. It really but, works, given the limited animation, because now you don't have to animate him walking. But it's and not just... you can do just, one of quick Pavlovian sound effects, the... But it's not just teleportation. It's not just that he transports. It's that they came up with a proprietary name <laughs> for his type of instant transportation. <laughs> Jeez. I wonder how no one came up with the term invisos before them. <laughs> For my money, I think flash stepping is cooler. Flash stepping? Who does that? Flash step, flash step is where you like you, you jump into the air a little bit and you shimmer like left and right and then disappear and then reappear and land. Okay. What about what's the one called where you spin around a lot and then you reappear spinning in another location? Uh I've seen that in so Tap dancing. Tasmanian you know, devil. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's it, that's it. <laughs> that's devilry. So, so yeah, so we're ah. talking about Tad Ghostal, right? <laughs> yeah, no, and, no, and let's pretend we were actually talking about Space Ghost, because if that's... I have to say the words Tad Ghostal again <laughs> in this episode, I'm going to fucking lose it. <laughs> but that's, so, that's his name. Um, Ghostal. He's, he's, he's one of those characters that I like because the fact that he's a space ghost, whatever that means, <laughs> is actually the least important thing about him. Yeah. It never comes up. Neither of those aspects ever come up. Conan I asks mean, him. He, he does it. say, like, we're transmitting live from the ghost planet, which uh-huh. <laughs> I don't I love fully, the ghost planet. I don't fully understand what that is because if you, like, watch some of the intros, they're, like, walking through, like, hallways like in a oh, building yeah. complex and no, then it just it'll, op- it'll doors like open up and they're shooter sort of like yeah have you ever played mirror's edge no it no. looks like you're doing sick parkour over boxes it's <laughs> awesome well that i, I, I do know in in one of the later episodes conan approaches him and he says you were a spaceman who died <laughs> and space ghost's response is no conan i've always been dead i was dead before you were born and i'll be dead before you'll be dead <laughs> i love the way he talks the yeah, way yeah he it's like has incredible redundancies but yeah, so much there's confidence actually like a, there's man yeah it's the confident goofball this reminds mm-hmm. me of uh of phil ken seven of uh of harvey birdman which i'm gonna have a hard time not drawing parallels to um in harvey birdman the main character was the straight man here the main character is the one who's the the goofiest and the most like 
serious about his work, I guess. He's got the most power and he's the goofiest at the same time. And they gave him all the responsibility. Yeah. Why would they do that? Moltar's the straight man. Yeah, the straightest man that they, they have. The straighter yeah. man in, in his pants. The most lava of the men. <laughs> of the men who are lava, Moltar is the most. Most lava. <laughs> um, but yeah, Space Ghost is, he's very self-absorbed. Oh, yeah. Um, like, if a guest spends too long talking to Zorak, he'll interject and bring it back around to himself. He'll also, like, whenever the guest tries to plug anything, just start falling asleep, pointed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's one of the best parts, is no one gets their plugs off. Yeah. And not only that, he, he insists that the celebrities, like, give him work. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's trying to get found out. <laughs> yeah, he... He really berates them to like it's like the it's like a bully in school kind of making fun of the nerds. You don't have superpowers. Yeah, he like asks Nerd. all of them what their superpowers are and like acts shocked when they don't have good ones. <laughs> but, the, but he also has such a fun side. Like he there's the one episode where he takes Hanson camping. <laughs> I love this that's, show. That's that's the thing. There's so many episodes that I couldn't watch, you know, very many. So anytime short. you anytime you summarize an episode, it sounds like the greatest thing ever. It's so oh yeah, stupid. but then when you watch it, even though it's only fifteen minutes, it feels like it's two hours. You know, <laughs> but you get lost in it. Like for some shows, I get tired watching it for a long for if it goes on a while. But this one, you kind of don't notice the time passing. You're just aware that it's a long time. <laughs> yeah, like you're sucked in. It's like a yeah. drug a lot of the time. So oh, yeah. he he took Hanson camping, and, and what did that pay off in? How did that work exactly? <laughs> oh, uh, I think he accidentally kills them and then has to cover it up sure. for it somehow. Classic, <laughs> classic space ghost. <laughs> Murdering Hanson. Didn't he eat a couple of the guests in one episode? <laughs> oh, yeah, because he gets hypnotized. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's like the one episode where like Santa turns out to be an evil alien and he has to fight Santa and I mean, there's all sorts of hijinks, you know, it's just really the sky's the limit. I think my favorite one is when he invites his grandfather, uh, (laughs) just space ghost's grandfather. I don't, I think it's space (laughs) granddad or grandfather ghost or something. And uh, it's voiced, it's basically, it looks exactly like Space Ghost, but with a beard, and it's voiced by Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> it's, threatens, Zor- the way he threatens Zorak in that episode, the way Macho Man Randy Savage threatens Zorak in that episode is so incredible. Like, even Zorak just kind of like, jeez. Like 20 years ago, I would have put your head in a half, Nelson, twisted it around, saying each letter of the alphabet on every turn, and when I reached the first letter of my true love's name, that would be the lovely Elizabeth, I would yank your head clean off and roll it down the pike like a bowling ball. Okay. All right, here we go. What are we doing? There are some just like really choice, incredible, nonsensical lines that come out yes. of the show. <laughs> Th- that is definitely the highlight. Um, or do you, just some do of you... the questions that Space Ghost asks, like especially when he's working with difficult guests, like when he's talking to Slash and he's just not having it, and he just asks Slash how many clouds there are on Earth, <laughs> <laughs> and then he tells him to count quickly or something along those lines. It's see, he's he's just. <laughs> He's really bad at doing things that talk show hosts are supposed to be really good at. Yeah. 
And that's like, I feel like that's the central premise. He's just berating the guests. He, he berates the, the worst guests. Guest. He's to the their worst face. host. He's the worst host that there's ever been of a talk show. He doesn't even get their names right. <laughs> no. He so, doesn't interview them. Now, Alex, <laughs> like, like 80% are... of the episodes, the guests don't even say anything. <laughs> they just now, sit there awkwardly. Now, Alex, you are, a, you are a man who knows great questions to ask your guests. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank do you. Do you relate to space ghosts' plight at all? <laughs> the plight of the modern space ghost. His plight? I mean, um... <laughs> it's self-caused. By the way, that wasn't a question that was, like, necessarily answerable. So yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure. I, mean, I, I relate to his the plight being someone who talks to people on a microphone and uh, struggles to get other people to pay attention to that. I, uh, I think... Yeah. I think Jeff Foxworthy said it best when he said, I've been on a lot of talk shows, and these are the stupidest questions I've ever been asked. Yeah. Was, was, he, on, was he on an episode of Space Ghost? Yeah. yeah. And, and this that show quote, had everything. That quote was in response to Space Ghost's question, why do Americans love barrels so much? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, the first half of the question sounds like it might be related, but then the second half sounds like part of a different question. And then, yeah. and then it'll just zoom into the guest's face, and then Space ghost face smiling slightly away from the camera like a he-man moment just back and forth for a few seconds and then we cut away to the side host or something you know it's a little awkward in the first couple seasons but they really they get it down to an art form later on it's well put do you prefer the co-host the the beloved uh infallible hero of the people zorak (laughs) i i like zorak there was something that's always drawn me to moltar though i don't know what it is well, let's it's talk just about him in the, turn. The strong, silent type. He's also just a normal guy, whereas Zorak is a mantisman. Yeah, but, I guess. but Moltar is just a normal guy who is made of lava. That's <laughs> the thing that always I always forget. The struggle is real because he's just he'll be having a normal, you know, very dry conversation. And there's like one moment I think in one of the early episodes where he, they show him looking at the monitor. Because Space Ghost is just talking to a guest, and it's just pictures of a volcano. Just <laughs> stock footage of a volcano. He misses his home. Um, and he just, yeah, he, his line is, mm, home. <laughs> he's usually it. reading a book when we cut away to him. Like, he's yeah, not yeah. really that invested in the show. Like, he's taken night classes. He, he just also, like, sometimes he has the more honest conversations with the guests while they're yeah. waiting to go on. He's like, I loved your work in this. And they're like, oh, thank you very much. Oh yeah, that's in the right. way that a host would actually do. Yeah. So what oh, is that? Space Ghost would never. What is Moltar's function in this show? He's so, the straight man. Yeah, he's yeah. the director. Yeah. Well, Mol- Moltar and Zorak are both serving roles that a normal talk show would have. You have your sort of director producer type, who you know sometimes in some talk shows they might like, hey, get the camera on the guy behind the camera, sort of joke. But Zorak is like not quite co-host, but like band leader. All right, guys, oh, listen. He's absolutely listen, the band listen, leader. Listen, listen up. I don't know who we're trying to talk about right now. <laughs> Is it Zorak or Moltar? <laughs> we're talking about both, I think. They oh, work okay. in tandem. Okay, I wasn't sure. They they are voiced <laughs> by the same guy, right? Yes, yeah, so, C. Martin yeah. Croker. Yeah. Who was also an animator on the show, so keep and related busy. And related to Kif on That's right. uh, Futurama. That's correct. Huh. Mm-hmm. Um, Lieutenant Croker, guy. you see. The and And Zorak and Moltar... Apparently, the reason that they work for Space Ghost is as punishment for their crimes. Because they've been villains this whole time. Yeah, like, this is part of the continuity. Yeah, like, 
I was I was lauding uh, Harry Birdman for you know after he's done superheroing like in his in his heyday he settles down and gets a desk job like it keeps the continuity from before but in this really fucked up way and Space Ghost is doing the same thing and I really liked it when Harvey Birdman did it and I like it when Space Ghost does it it's it's a very funny formula I but- just like the idea that um you know that they're working for him. As a punishment, it's like that episode of Seinfeld where they come up with that idea where, like, you hit the guy with your car and then you have to become his butler. <laughs> what? I don't remember that. Watch more Seinfeld. Hey, what about this? I'm in a car accident. The motorist is uninsured. You with me? Yeah. My car's totaled. It's all his fault. Now, he has absolutely no money. There is no way that he could pay me. So the judge decrees that he becomes my butler. With... Was Seinfeld the guest on this? Probably. I don't think he was. I mean, there's... That's one of the other things that I think especially works with your format uh, here about Space Ghost is when I was a little kid and watching this, I didn't know who these people were a lot. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you now looking back... You were watching for the back, tunes, and now you're watching for the stars. Yeah, and it's because yeah. like, I want to hear that song that Pavement played just on Space Ghost, you know? <laughs> or like... See that that Thurston Moore uh, uh, special performance and oh dude, when I was going onto YouTube to look up these episodes, I'm like, Space Ghost interviews Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> yeah, there's no it's way crazy. that's not going to be great. And it's it's weird to see some of the celebrities today because some of them are still big names, whereas some other ones have not. kind of fallen off the radar yeah. a little bit. And some of them. Are, like, he has an interview with Jon Stewart, where Jon Stewart's, like, trying to... He hasn't gotten The Daily Show yet. He's young. Oh, yeah, my god, He's gosh. really young. And <laughs> he's, like, trying one. to ask Space Ghost for career advice. <laughs> yeah. It <laughs> was pretty funny. It was kind of bizarre so to watch. So can talk about the guests yeah. on this show, then? Like... They're kind of the final main character. It's, it's a bit of a mixed bag, because yeah. some of them really get into the action, whereas others just sit there and look confused. So we should mention how this show is produced, though. Yeah. Like yes. how 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 the guests contribute to the show because what happens if I'm if I read the internet correctly is that um the guests come onto the show and have an interview with the creators of the show. The creators then make animations of Space Ghost and uh Zorak talking to these you know these interviewed questions like these pre-interviewed questions and sometimes they'll just do it out of order, mm-hmm. right? Like sometimes mm-hmm. the They'll ask questions after the interview is over just to make the guest look like an idiot, like he's answering something in yeah. a stupid way. Well, yeah. I got the I got the sense that like the guest was sitting down with the voice actors and they were riffing for a bit and then they just used what worked. Maybe. But also sometimes I I know for a fact so there's one episode called Table Read that is um the script for the episode with Conan, Fire Ant. And this is just, I was watching this recently because I was trying to, to freshen up on some of these mm-hmm. before this. And the, this thing, table read, is so interesting because it's it's all the actors sitting down and they have someone reading Conan's lines for <laughs> him. And I don't know, that, I don't know if they recorded those already or if they wrote them for him. And, the, and, and in some episodes, the guests are like a part of the action. And this is definitely not till later on in the series. Yeah. But, they um, get better at it. Like, yeah, like some of the guests are, are, are very clearly talking to him, and maybe that's just because they were sticking to the script. Sometimes it seems like 
they were just like they presented the guy with a with an idea and they were like hey this is what the sh- this is what this episode's going to be this is your part do you know what do you think of this and I, I mean, I'm just guessing that. But well, you are our most and sometimes it seems like improver on this, so I think if we're going to listen to anyone's opinion, it'll be you. <laughs> you, have, you probably have the best idea on how something like this would go down in absence of credible sources of information. It just seems like they they had an interview, and it, okay, so the, the slash one is one that I think about. The Jeff Foxworthy one too. Jeff Foxworthy like really. <laughs> Does not have a good time. <laughs> and it, those are some of the most interesting ones. Because when the interview goes well, I feel like they try to make it not go well in editing. Yeah. Uh, to make it more the vibe of the show. That's yeah. such an easy job. Like, to make, <laughs> to make the... You have full control over everything somebody has said within an hour. And your job is to make them look dumb. Yeah. Yeah. This is, um, this is one of the things about reality TV that I generally don't like. Except... When it's on Survivor, because that's a great show. <laughs> no, no, it's not. <laughs> no, but it is. But um, you you can make you can make anybody seem any way just by selectively editing. When they get a guest who is not playing along, that's when they real like the teeth come out and they get an opportunity to get a little mean with it sometimes. Yeah. Also, like just for anybody, it's hard to emote effectively. Like, first off, it's hard. When you're being recorded and you know, like, what your face, your face is gonna look stupid no matter what. Yeah. And you know, you're gonna um, be talking yeah. to a fucking space ghost. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's an absurdist context. So you don't know if, like, when they shoot your face in, the TV monitor is gonna be, like, attacked by bees or something and you're supposed <laughs> to be reacting to it, but you don't know about it. I don't know how like, you <laughs> prep for an interview like this. But at some point, Space Ghost had enough cultural cachet and enough power behind it that he could get, like, <laughs> yeah. big yeah, he got Donnie, names. He got Donnie goddamn Osmond on it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he has Buzz Aldrin, who is... <laughs> Wait, really? Just like, well, yeah, then, uh, he's Peter Fonda President Barack Obama. Weren't there, like, four episodes in a row where it was know, just Willie Nelson? There, it might have Like a very Willie Christmas or something? I can't confirm or deny. <laughs> so, I, I want to I mention... There, there are a couple episodes where he's just got, like, a ton of people. It's one of the ones where he's going crazy with the Blasto, right? Or with the blasting power yeah. band. And he just, like... There's just a revolving door of just people showing up, and then he blasts them, <laughs> and people showing up. And they just have a second of screen time. Mm-hmm. So, like, you, you mentioned, like, once it was getting a bigger name, I guess that... Guests appeared on this show to get, like, comedy cred or, you know, just to be seen, supposedly. I feel like this this happens in a lot of gotcha shows. Like, if you ever watch anyone go on The Daily Show, if they're a Republican, they're probably going to get shit on for about an hour or, you know, mm-hmm. 15 minutes. But it's still good publicity. Mm-hmm. It's still publicity at the very least. And so, but, but the thing is, uh, the people who are willing to take their lumps generally get the good spin on publicity. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, the talk show host takes them to task. And so, like, yeah. in this really strange, like, back, backwards way, this talk show is like a talk show. <laughs> like a legitimate <laughs> yeah. talk show. No. It, it is. You get to see these bizarre interviews with some people that, are just in a context you'd never see them talking about. Yeah, but but you still you know? get how that didn't make no, sense. No, 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 it totally fine. does. <laughs> it, you you still get the feel for like the people who are being interviewed. Maybe not in the way they intended, but you you still you're still seeing something interesting about them, something very personal in the way that no one yeah. who entered this show must have thought would actually happen. Yeah, I'd love to oh, yeah. figure out what's going on from their perspective as they're being interviewed. If I was going to be a fly on the wall for the production of one of these shows, what do you think the like the 
the the pitch for this show was <laughs> like to the celebrities or to the producers to fucking anybody <laughs> how right, do you listen. sell this uh, <laughs> we we took some old cartoon we're turning it into a talk show unrelated <laughs> end scene drop the mic yeah i mean it's just it's that straightforward right it's just it's a car and, it's a it's a cartoon and talk they show. do they do is. reuse other old characters usually space ghosts like villains well those are really the yeah. only fun yeah, b- characters but, but the main ones are just you know space ghost zorak moltar and the celebrity guest mm-hmm. i feel like those wonder twins show up uh once or twice i don't recall them showing up in the episodes i watched but i'd be surprised if they didn't <sighs> Well, and then, and then you get the, the so and then Brack appears later on. Brack, in the show, you know, he, <laughs> I forgot Brack. about Brack. He gets Brack. Popular in his own right. Yeah, that's kind of bizarre. I really like him though. Brack's funny. Like the way I love the way he like starts rapping, and his rap pose is putting his elbows straight out to his side and his fists down, and then he'll just kind of like do an oompa loompa dance in place, <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. So Brack, uh, I kind of want to like go into tone and genre a little bit here because Brack. Brack is this weird part where they're like, okay, we have this absurd show where people say random stupid things. Let's have a character that's even more of that. <laughs> Let's define <laughs> the scale we're working with. <laughs> One character that we missed, um, I just was, I, I don't want Tanzit to get, uh, left out, um, cause I know that Tanzit would probably get Tanzit. very emotional about I didn't that. See him. Um, so Tanzit doesn't show up until, couple of seasons in i think but he ends up becoming uh he's the announcer who announces what guests are going to be on at the beginning of the show hmm i think i only saw one episode with him in it it's yeah it was one of those things where where like as you watch it over time you know the production value gets a little bit better as they've been running it for a little bit longer and then suddenly this guy shows up and he's he's got kind of an announcer voice like this (laughs) Except he's like a big crybaby. That's Tanzit's only personality thing, is that he is the most weak and sensitive villain that there's ever been. <laughs> oh, sort of like X the Eliminator from uh, Harvey Birdman? Oh, uh, yeah. I would not, not be I, surprised if you did not recall him. <laughs> I don't even I think don't. we mentioned actually, him during the Harvey Birdman episode. We did not. <laughs> nope. And we were going to keep that streak going with this guy, but then you had to bring him up again. Yeah, I had to bring up Tanzit. No, I, I just, I don't want him to be sad. That's fine. I like Tanzit. What is he um, supposed to be in the, uh, yeah, in the talk show context? Like he's the announcer, but like, is he stupid announcer? Like he's he, he's overly emotional. Is he supposed to be like? I don't even know what he's supposed to he's be. Just he takes over for Moltar a little bit at some point. Um, but he he he's just there to be the the guy who says, "And now with your host, oh. Space Ghost." <laughs> And that's his whole job. The function of these characters seems to go back and forth. Like, Zorak is, in name, sort of this playing the music and co-host sort of thing. But he jumps in. He goes to Moltar's thing and pulls some levers sometimes. Like, they all kind of do everybody's job. I don't, I don't oh, think yeah. that's well, necessarily true. I just think that they take it less seriously than Space that, Ghost. And you just, might like, be right. I, I think they just, like... They're loafing about. I, they're just. Oh yeah. I mean, <sighs> they're in servitude. Zolt, Zolt, Zoltar, Zorak, and Moltar. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was weird. <laughs> yeah, that's that's their celebrity dating uh, nickname. <laughs> yep. Um. So, uh, Zorak and Moltar, I think, are just kind of there to facilitate a side plot if the show has one. 
Yes. Like, I, I don't think they're, uh, can we... I don't think they need to be as consistent as they might need to be in other shows because at its core, this show is not a thing that you want consistency on. The, and there is a lack of consistency. You uh, need that partic- elasticity. Per, there's the, no, there, there is a lack of consistency. Absolutely. I, 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 That's... the phrase that I used is a hierarchy of stupidity. Where there's there's always <laughs> at least one character who's a complete dumbass, but it keeps switching around. I feel like it's always Space Ghost. Yes. Well, I think you're if, wrong about that. If if Brack's there, it's him. Oh, if he's granted. if if he's not, then it's usually Space Ghost. But sometimes it's Zorak and Space Ghost. Sometimes like, Zorak's an idiot. Like their roles switch. That's kind of what I meant. I always thought that Zorak yeah. was just kind of a creepy weirdo, whereas Space Ghost was just a straight up dumbass. <laughs> but. Zorak is the one who gets the most stuff done. Like, if anyone's uh, going to be driving the plot for an episode, uh, if they're doing one that's, you know, got some sort of storyline that has nothing to do with the guest that's there, it's usually like, because Zorak went off and did something. He's evil. kidnapping something uh, or using lasers. Eating a doing, goat. Sort of getting high. Doing the typical villain <laughs> yeah. things that happen in a superhero format. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And he's... He, he's Still carries that mantle in the uh, or that mantis <laughs> in the mantisle. The uh, in the Harvey Birdman episode, we talked about how the reappropriation of these characters into this new setting—they technically fulfilled the same roles that they did before. So mm, in Harvey yeah. Birdman, Harvey was still kind of the hero, you know, the the the, the defender's lawyer, where uh, men talk the mind taker. The the judge would still be a villain. Bird Boy would be his young ward, but it was in this totally fucked up context where no one gave Harvey any respect. I don't think that's true here. I think that their roles are entirely defined by this show, and it's not like a, it's not like a, uh, I don't know, continuation of the old. Yeah, of the old it, it, it's canon in kind of name only. Um, I read that when the, the actors tried to start doing the voices for the characters. They tried to emulate the originals. Oh, yeah, and, I read that too. And, and that they also. just kind of, they're like, this isn't working. Yeah. Let's let's just they had to change do it. our More own like thing. More like Master Shake. <laughs> I, I think it's interesting. You brought up the thing about the inconsistencies, though, because like, in the f- first couple episodes, they refer to um, Zorak as a locust a bunch. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. And then at some point they realize that Lokar is a locust and that Zorak is a mantis. So what's mutated? And Damn it, Ben, I was thinking that. That was just for Zane. <laughs> Sorry, Alex, continue. That's all right. Uh, and then, uh, <laughs> but there's also that weird studio on- audience of mantises that they sometimes uh, skip to. And I just really want to talk about that sound effect that plays whenever Zorak talks, you know? <laughs> like there's that voice like modulation a- thing? No, there's like a there's like a sound that plays in the background whenever insane. Zorak is talking only. I am the lone locust of the apocalypse. Think of me when you look to the night sky. I don't Zane, actually remember that. I don't remember this, but I'll I'll cut you'll, it in. You'll find it. Oh, thanks, Ben. You'll find it. It's your job. I did yeah, in a row. <laughs> just anytime Zorak talks, you can hear it. It's like a high pitched sound huh. that just runs. Hmm underneath it let's, it's so weird well let's Neat. get back to that in music and sound but for now let's go on to tone and genre yes yes so uh like like i i was alluding to earlier uh this is this is i thought that with harvey birdman you had as surreal a show as you can get this is this this <laughs> pushes that envelope to its breaking point you, you can try to trace the madness <laughs> like they're not going from they're not jumping from one sphere of thought to a completely different one. They kind of follow tangential trains of thought. Oh, it, it, mm-hmm. a lot of the time it's like that, um, that 
what what is that like term what is that a uh, humor concept where like someone will misunderstand something and a different person will misunderstand that do you know what i'm talking <laughs> like about telephone like a no like a chain of misunderstandings i'll i gotta find like the, the term for game it game of telephone it's not a game of telephone i'll, I'll find it's it like real an quick. abbott and costello kind of thing <laughs> you just keep talking about the tone and genre i'll find this real quick like but a, um dial touch telephone yeah ben <laughs> You dial that dial touch telephone. Touch. Bad touch. <laughs> bad touch. <laughs> bad touch telephone. Welcome back to Bad Touch Telephone Radio. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have our first caller. Yes. <laughs> um, but what I mean is, like, it, when if Zorak says a sentence, Space Ghost will pick one word from that sentence and start his own little monologue on it. Sure, mm. sure. So Zorak might say, like, this is insane. And Space will be like, you know what's insane? Using laser beams for optometry. You call that progress? And he'll just kind of go on for a bit, and then somebody will take a word from that and go off on their own. Yeah, it, like, it, 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 it's just wacky enough. Like, I'm able to follow it enough that it's, it's very satisfying when I don't drop the joke. Word association? Was that what we're looking for? Shut up. I'm going to find it. <laughs> the words? We're here on word association radio. Yeah, you got to do it in a, in, a, in a sexy accent, though, like before. Boy, we're here on Word Association Radio. <laughs> I should have been more specific. That's my bad. <laughs> People think Australians it's are like, sexy. I yeah, I think it's. I don't remember what it was, but it's it's like in uh, the thing I was thinking of. You know, it's not important. Let's continue. So <laughs> there's a, it's a it's it's a surreal vibe. That's the vibe. I I, re- I looked up I looked this up finally after having heard it for like five years. It's got like a Dadaist sense of humor, which is like yeah. an anti humor that was coined in like the nineteen the early nineteen hundreds. Um, it, it was it was sweeping Europe for a while, like this art art craze where you were deliberately trying to make not art, <laughs> and yeah. It, very often it clashes with surreal stuff. Did you ever do any Dada in improv? Uh, not necessarily in improv. Actually, I have a, a painting that I made in high school that was uh, in my art class that I, it was very uh, inspired by Dada-esque really? forms. You were one of those um, kids. <laughs> we we, uh, we, we got to hook you up to Dan Caves. He, we, reads, he reads historical literature for fun. I, I'm friends with people like that. I don't necessarily do that for fun. <laughs> But I, I keep those people nearby. You guys are all <laughs> the same guy in my book. There's two types uh, they're, they're of people. They're just references. Ben can't process faces. There's two yeah. types of people. People who like ducks and me. I love ducks. Ben. <laughs> Great. I, I like ducks. Um, I like ducks. Back uh, back when I was in improv, we had this warm-up called the Dadaist Monologues, where you have to try and speak for a minute without making any sense. Oh. It's surprisingly that... difficult. Yeah. There's there's no part of our well, brain that wants to do that. <laughs> did did Dada ha- was that in between World Wars one and two? Is uh, I, yeah. I believe when that happened because it was like oh everyone's dead, nothing means anything anymore. That's that's more nihilism than anything else. <laughs> and then World War two hit, and they're like everyone's dead again. This is kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> wow. No, Ooh. that's modernist and postmodernist. Like that's the whole I, philosophy. I never heard it in the. I never heard it phrased in a way that's like, you know, World War II was pretty funny. <laughs> like, I, like, I'm not disagreeing with you. I just think it's really bonkers how you phrase that. I think, like, a really good moment in Space Ghost that I feel like really exemplifies that part of the tone and uh, and just was, like, a line that always pops into my head and my friend and I used to quote a bunch was when, like, when Weird Al is on 
And um, he's asking Weird Al a bunch of questions. And then he just commands Weird Al. He says, do a B-flat. And Weird Al goes, oh! Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty great. It's, I, I have to it's imagine, the I best. Bet he, I bet he did. I bet that one was entirely verbatim. But and then that's one of the ones that they repeat. Weird, Weird Al is one of the ones where it was weird to see him because his look has changed so much in twenty years. Yeah, it really has. I like how it's progressed though. Like he yeah. always looks appropriate for that incredibly narrowly defined genre of music. <laughs> He's always killing it. All right. It's just so. Yeah. I I, I, I think that I think that we're Al. going we're jumping a little too far off track. So <laughs> why don't we settle into animation? Okay. Aww. So um, the the one thing I want to talk about with animation is that they're pimping the old-timey aesthetic in the way that these shows tend to do. This was the first one, of course. Then we got Sea Lab 2021 and Harvey Birdman and Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Well, Aqua Teen Hunger Force was not really that case, except for maybe Carl. But they take the old-timey aesthetic and repurpose it to a new audience. Now, what's different with this one and Harvey Birdman is that they don't actually reanimate the characters. Yeah, this is not just limited animation. This is stock footage limited <laughs> animation. <laughs> like it is I can't imagine how much work it actually takes, but it looks lazy. It looks lazy in like a stylistically correct way though. Yeah. What what I read was that like it wasn't until even like a year into production that they were able to give them like more than two or three animations <laughs> they had to like generate stuff like to be able to do the blasting with the power bands and to just to have basic functionality in the show they had to add a bunch of animation i personally uh, they didn't really have loved before. it whenever they like showcased their like incredibly limited set of animation like my thing like, well, do you guys a- have a favorite one uh when space ghost uh puts his arms out and flexes them and, and shows oh, yeah. his chest for a second. Or yawns, depending one. on the context of the situation. There, there was yeah, one yeah. time when he was, like, playing the drums. Um, like, he went over to Zorax thing and played the drums, and it was just a repeated flipped animation of him, like, bending over. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, bending over, bending over, hello? standing up, bending over, standing up, like flip along the y-axis bending over standing up and it looked like he was playing the drums oh my god (laughs) i'll tell you my favorite one sometimes when he's sitting at his desk and he's like accusing one of his guests of something he'll do and he's got that flat face no he'll do like that kung fu with his arms (laughs) you know what i'm talking about and it's always accompanied by like a kung fu whoosh yeah exactly (laughs) he'll put like one hand vertical and the other one horizontal and then he'll switch them yeah (laughs) just kind of like do kung fu at his desk I would love it to see like a live action talk show host like move the way he moves, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> including the Inviso belt yes. motion. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, I think that kung fu is my favorite thing. I, I just uh, was throwing another animation out there that I'm a big fan of. It's the Zorak blink. Oh yeah, <laughs> just, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's your beat because they use it a lot. How'd you do that? What? That? What are you talking about? That right there. That, right there, that noise you make when you blink. What? This? Cool. That's a good beat panel. Or if they just clip to Birdman smiling off camera, like, to the yeah. to the edge of the camera. And he just go, like, either with his mouth closed or open. It kills me every time I see it. <laughs> Wait, did you say Birdman or Space Ghost? I probably said Bir- Space Ghost. He, he said Birdman. He shut meant up. Space Ghost. No, shut up, though. Okay. Just making sure. I can't um, we're talking about quit. Tat. Birdman. 
<laughs> Birdman had a bad, well, that's uh, had a dumb name too, right? Like Ray Rayshal Ghoul. Yeah, Ray Jal Ghoul. No, it's just Ray something. That's Birdman. Is that no? That's no. Wouldn't that be me? No, that's the guy who taught Batman. It was Ray Randall. Cool. Um, you guys think this animation whew. was appropriate for the kind of show it was? Oh God, yes. <laughs> I'm wondering if Herbie Birdman would have been better in this way. I think I think they this helped. Work. I think this helped um, balance out the live action part. Yeah, um, mm-hmm, because you you don't want them to be moving at the same time that your live action people are moving. I guess that's true. It, it detracts. Fo- it would detract focus. Also, the um, contrast that they that they build up by having such starkly con- like just st- such starkly different. I mean, it's goofy to call a real life person animated, but the different. <laughs> Con- the the contrast in animation is like kind of funny on its face a little bit just seeing yeah. these two worlds colliding in that way well, well and the, the live actors don't move around that much no no but you can Sometimes tell they're real ass people but, oh, yeah. I mean, but that enough. is that is the source of some of the magic because even though it's not you it's like a proxy, like a human being, is able to communicate with the cartoon world in this mm, kind of yeah. magical, otherworldly thing that you really want to be a part of, even though, you know, the host is just sitting there for 10 minutes berating you. And, but it also kind of validates that idea that all those cartoons were real in another dimension. Yeah. Somewhere. <laughs> and if you just found that magic portal. <laughs> I'm kind of wondering now why they had actual, like, famous people on this show. Because it doesn't, they don't, they're not really doing famous people shit. <laughs> you know? They're just, no, I mean, as being dudes. Whenever they try to do that, they stop them also. Yeah, they cut them off. Maybe that's why they had famous people on, because they're interesting enough to where Birdman cutting them off for his own ego makes perfect sense. <laughs> There's Birdman again. Whoops, Space Ghost. Space Ghost cutting them off for his own ego makes perfect sense. Hmm. Uh, sorry about it, that. It, it really does. And it also shows you what Space Ghost thinks about himself and his place uh, in the celebrity hierarchy. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Oh, he, I think he tells a couple people, like, a line equivalent to, like, I was saving the galaxy when you were in diapers type of, type of thing. Yeah, oh, yeah. He's, got the, he's got this real chip on his shoulder where he thinks he should be as famous as the celebrities, but he's pushing up against this paper ceiling, like this animation, like he's limited by the fact that he's a cartoon. <laughs> You know when, like, uh, the cops that pull you over and kind of unnecessarily berate you? I don't mean in our lives, but, like, they're, like, when they're depicted in media as being, you know, do you guys remember in Harold and Kumar when, like, that cop is kind of harassing them and Kumar's like, oh, I know your type. You were the, you were the bully in high school. And now that you know your life's not going anywhere, you're just going to beat the, you're just going to beat the little man down because, you know, he's going to be better than you. And the cop is, like, taking a lot of pride in that. <laughs> That's what Space Ghost sort of reminds me of. Like he knows that he's not all that, and he's just getting his licks in while he can. Yeah. <laughs> For some reason, they gave him a show, and he's <laughs> doing what he can with that. <laughs> yeah. How how did he get this show exactly? <laughs> like I feel like that question out? is kind of there. That like like in the world of the show, that like no one is really sure why he has a show. No one's sure why the guests continue to come on. <laughs> Well, that part makes perfect sense to me. I'm wondering who he had to beat in the uh, in the audition process. Um, it's almost like the producer was his parent, and he's like this bratty little kid who wants everything, and it's like oh. his birthday. And they're like, 
I got you a celebrity to talk to, and they're like, he's like doing like this fake interview thing, like, what did you think of my birthday party, <laughs> Jeff Probst? <laughs> I'm trying to imagine Space Ghost as a little boy, and it's like, uh, like just as muscular, but with like little tiny arms and legs. <laughs> yeah. I think they have a flashback once, but I don't know if they show them. I love flashbacks where they look exactly the same, just on a tiny person's body. Yeah. Like, yeah, the, yeah, like yeah. the head is exactly as aged. You know what yeah. I'm talking about. No, I, yes. I absolutely do. <laughs> I don't know why, I just find that really funny. Uh, it is pretty funny. I, I don't know how to where to go from there with it, but it's funny. You're not wrong. Um, Should we move into the audio? Yeah. Sounds like a good plan. It's one of my favorite parts of the show. Yeah? Uh, yeah. That was creepy. Uh, no, uh, especially because, uh, so the opening theme well, is... Well, there were two. That's the one I remember. Yeah. Yeah, are you talking about the one that starts, like, halfway into it? <laughs> the one with the screaming woman at the end? Yes. I love uh, that. What was that? What is that exactly? What's the other one? Cuz it's So the cause... the first few seasons it's by Sonny Sherrick, but later they used a song by Man or Astro Man. But the I thought the Man or Astro Man one is just in the credits. I can they use guys, it in the beginning sometimes. Can you guys hum each one to me cuz I only recognize the one and I want to see if I recognize the other okay. as well. The Sonny Sherrick song are you raising? One, two. Three, four. Yeah, I don't remember any of that. <laughs> and then the Manor Astro Man song that's in the credits. And I know this because I like I ended up getting into Manor Astro Man from Space Ghost no, Coast to Coast. No and ended up playing in a surf band oh, really? because of that. Neat, nice. Yeah. Do you know? Um, I'm sorry. I have to. I have to mention I, this for a second because this comes up yeah. so much. When we talk about uh, some of these shows, like uh, just off the top of my head, Cousin Skeeter, I know it's not a cartoon, uh-huh. but go with me. They sort of had this from Doug. Uh, not not quite or Doug no. because that was all mouth speaking. Not not that I'm thinking Skeeter. Not that Skeeter. <laughs> no, we've made we've Who's... made that mistake before. It's fine. <laughs> oh, amateur, so amateur of me. Um, in Cousin Skeeter, they they sort of had like this sort of um, hip hop. A cross promotion sort of thing that while okay. appealing to kids in this Nicktune also got them kind of into these other forms of music. They did it for like They Might Be Giants and uh, you know kind of other contemporary music at the time and a lot of people got into the music that they loved from these cartoon shows. So it's interesting that you'd kind of uh, you kind of did as well. Yeah. No, the, the Man or Astro Man thing, I just, I remember there, there was just when Space Ghost was on, and I saw it on the TV when I was younger, it was this world of coolness that I had never <laughs> before imagined. It was so cool looking. Uh, no argument um, here. But yeah, like the Man or Astro Man song. Did you did you want me to, to hum a bar? Uh, Please, like, sure, I can cut it in, but I'd like to hear it. I want briefly. to hear you hum it. Yeah, he goes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually recognize neither one of these theme songs. Ben, what were you doing? I, I, I watched the theme song. It's got like the meteors that are about to hit space space goods, space yep. go station. Yep, yep, yep. And did it, you it, did you just watch Harvey Birdman again? No, I, I swear to God, dude, I remember Harvey Birdman's theme song. This is, is <laughs> this it is not. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. The one I remember was doing like something like. Yeah, that's the Sonny yes. Sherrick one. Yeah, that's yeah. the first one. That's the but one then I it, remember. But then it turns into more screeching guitar riffs. <laughs> nice <laughs> that's really good not too bad i i, I mean i downloaded the 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 sunny shirak uh, uh album off of napster nice um jesus which has this napster that song the the, the longer version oh it was the napster <laughs> the definite article um La room the, but in the in the show itself, they pretend that the music is being played by Zorak and his band, the original Way Outs. <laughs> okay. Well, the, there's the whole episode uh, is when Sonny and I'm, I don't know how to pronounce his name. I always said Shirak, but it could be. Let's Chirac. go with Shirak. I have does, no. Does I have no basis. Jacques Shirak. Ends with a C K. Mm. Yeah. Just call S- him Louis. H A R R O C K. Okay. Just call I him think. The Rock. Yeah, but there's so there's an episode where uh, after he died uh, that they do a tribute and they uh, they first have the original way outs playing music for far too long and (laughs) it's just that and then they they have to like pause because there's a meteor shower or or Space Ghost has to fight someone and they just play a bunch of his music Zorax playing that music and it's it's just uh, like all the music that he recorded for Space Ghost. in, in that they just wanted to, you know, let people hear. It's all this, you know, crazy, almost free jazz. And this, uh, this seems like a show that might have, like, been okay for someone different each time to just kind of, like, struggling musicians trying to make <laughs> music. Like, they would have just, like, let one uh, showcase their work for the intro on each different episode. I, I bet that would have been fine. I bet they could have pulled that off. It's yeah. it's funny that you mentioned, like, struggling musicians or struggling artists like going on a talk show to boost their fame because it really felt like the opposite in this show <laughs> like you have these a famous gotcha show you have these famous celebrities and it's almost like they're with space ghost, ghost, ghost. <laughs> yeah they're giving credibility yeah. to space ghost <laughs> <laughs> and no one's quite sure why they keep going on hey man like it was big enough you know yeah any any publicity yeah. um did you notice I, I don't know if it was all the time, but I felt like there was a consistent background hum, like a woo-woo-woo-woo. A lot yeah. of the time. Uh, it's just kind of generic space sounds, I think. Y- yeah. Was the idea. <laughs> totally unnecessary, but I I think it kept it floating for a bit. The, the, the sound design in general, because also like in the director's studio with Moltar, I feel like there was a different just sort of background noise. You know, now that you're uh, now that you're saying it, I think uh, it was just like atmospherically appropriate crickets. You know, like oh yeah, for, for the beat panels when no one's yes. talking, like you just need some sound to like emphasize how empty it is. Yeah, yes. and when it cuts to Moltar, it's like lava boiling kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, can I ask you about guys about the beat panels? Sure. What, what do you think about okay. them, comedically speaking? Do you find them funny, or is it kind of eye-rolling when you see them? Hit or miss. It depends on the context. Can we define this? Because I'm not sure if I actually... So, so in comic about. strips, you might have, like, someone says something, somebody else says another thing. The beat panel is usually the third panel where no one's saying a thing, and it's to, like, let the audience know... Hey, there's something there's weird the about the thing that just got said, and then the fourth sure. panel will drive it home. It's like when in in life, if somebody 
says something that sounds sexual but don't doesn't realize it and it just sort of floats in the air there for a second yeah yeah or like when space ghost says anything and then zorak blinks a couple yeah. of times, and multar pulls a lever and then zorak blinks a couple of times and then they cut back to space Ghost. yeah and they usually jump out of it completely like not acknowledging it at all yeah it's and it's a necessary part of funny. the show's flow i didn't mm-hmm. always like it though i usually liked it here and I think it's like just if, because they refused to acknowledge how awkward it was. <laughs> yeah. And it felt like part of the limitation of them not having a lot of animation was like, oh, okay, we just have to fill time by lots of close-ups of <laughs> just switching between lots of close-ups of everyone's face. I, I feel like and they could how... have filled time other ways. Like, they've been shown <laughs> to fill time when they don't have anything important to talk about. They just say whatever they feel like. I really do think that the beat panels here are comedically uh motivated yes i i agree with that. in comic strips when they have that third b panel and then say something i don't really find that funny normally i think it's specifically good here because they jump out of it without acknowledging how awkward it was <laughs> yeah they just go Absolutely. right back to full speed exactly on something completely tangential as though like everybody has acknowledged that the joke is over let's do something else before anyone thinks about it too hard yeah yeah so I I, just, I actually pretty much liked whenever they were doing those. Yeah, it it, it seems pretty purposeful because it's, it's just a lot of the show. Yeah, you know, that's true. Is that part of <laughs> they lean that they lean on that muscle quite a bit. Oh yeah, and sometimes I I you know I love the show, but sometimes it's like all right that again. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. remember this joke. Yeah, the the first couple seasons I found a little harder to watch. I don't think they oh, yeah. got the I don't think they got it yet by that point. There were there's a couple moments of brilliance. There are yes, first one, but yeah, it definitely has a kind of has a rough start. Where do you guys place this show on the whole uh, self aware Hanna Barbaric spectrum? Like you have your Harvey Birdman, you have your Space Ghost, and you have C Lab Twenty Thousand Twenty Twenty One. Sure. Oh, is that the sequel? Give me your three, two, and one, or one, two, and three. This is the furthest jump from its original source material. Yeah. Wait, are we just ranking this in terms of how much we like them? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, why not? Uh, I haven't seen C-Lab in a while. Yeah. C-Lab's I my think that's other my, favorite. I think that's my least favorite. C-Lab? Yeah. Okay. I like it, we're, we're, but I still we're think opposites. it's my least favorite of the three. I actually think I like Space Ghost the best. Really? Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think I'm a Birdman man. Birdman man. <laughs> with all the powers of a Birdman. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I th- I, th- I think I think the super fast pace of Birdman suits me better than the very it's slow boil, pace. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Weird boil. Space Ghost. Yeah. Space Ghost is the most non has the most non sequiturs yes. of any of them. Yeah. yeah but it, it they're not just it's not just madness. There's there's method I to the madness, I like to say. But I I don't like comparing those shows because two of those shows are plotted episodic shows and one of those is a talk show sure but the plots don't really matter in the other two <laughs> and they were inspired by this yeah they're yeah they're, they, they, they each, do. each on their own merits i think yeah, yeah no, i appreciate merits. each of them i just think i enjoyed this one the most i agree with you i just and think... i'm good at filling time <laughs> thanks ben it, it just it it because it's a talk show, I think part of what I enjoy so much about Space Ghost 
is not even necessarily like whether or not the writers did a good job, but it's almost like a museum piece in some ways of this, this time in the nineties when cartoon world and celebrity worlds coincided mm. in a Venn diagram that ripped a portal to, you know, the strange <laughs> <brain>. dimension. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A portal to your brain. It, it's kind of funny. <laughs> this is the portal to your brain coming at you. It, it's actually kind of funny that these people whom are older than their audience, you know, all the guests are talking to characters that are older than them. <laughs> yeah. Like, that, I don't know why, but that just struck me as very amusing. It is. That's, so, that's such a weird concept. There's there's some darkness involved, too. Like, if you think about, like, uh, you know, so these these villains are, uh, they're basically, you know, slaves to Space Ghost as punishment for their crimes. They're doing slave labor. And, like, Brack, the reason he's dumb is because he got hurt. When he was in the actual Space Ghost show. Now, like he... Alex, you might not realize this, but on our show, we only draw attention to darkness when it's not put on the front page, such as in Rugrats. <laughs> um, it's considered well, bad form to bring it out in a show like this. <laughs> that's, that's not exactly true. <laughs> that's um, what that's we, almost entirely false. What, what, what we have is occasionally a dark segment where we ponder <laughs> what is the darkest interpretation you could have of a show. Oh, okay. Or the darkest thing that could happen on a show. Somebody now, usually the, the, lent, gets uh, thrown to the insane asylum by now, the end of it. Now, what exactly happened to Brack that made him this way? Yes. I think he gets hit on the head by a rock. <laughs> That's sad. <laughs> That's so mundane for a show where you're <laughs> on a talk show in space. And you're like just, a space cat man. Why is he so dumb? Hey, he got hit. He got hit on the head. I think it might have been <laughs> a cave-in. There's, there's like a flashback. <laughs> they cut back to... To Space Ghost in the original cartoon show, defeating Brack. And because they have a couple seconds of Brack, like, talking like he's a very smart man or something. And then... <laughs> Just hit on the head with a rock. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, don't quote me on that. I didn't do the research. That's <laughs> fine. And then I'm pulling you out of your segments, and it's just going <laughs> do not, nuts. Do not worry. We did not prep you very well. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, also, like this show is kind of one that I'm okay with leaving sort of segmented, like a centipede. How do you guys feel about in the future if people take clips of your show and repurpose it to be a different show? I'm popular, mom. If you could see me now, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's very hard to take clips of a person or a situation and piece it together in a way that doesn't make them seem stupid or crazy. That's, yeah, yeah I, I agree. <laughs> I, the thing about it is, like, when you're trying to make things out of context, you have to make sure they're in context originally. So our show probably wouldn't <laughs> work on those merits. Will not stand the test of time. I don't think so. Uh, I was the just time, uh, the you, test you of time being, cartoons. can it be understood in the present? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Alex, what did you li say? Listener, we'll let no, you be the no, judge. No, no, it's... it's, it's I'm... Oh god, he's melting. Let's wrap this up. <laughs> Stay with us. We'll get Why you do our guests chamber. keep melting? Did we finish that death ray? Uh, it is very hot in here. Yeah, I just wanted you to know. I had that. to turn the fan off for my art. Yeah. So it's pretty hot here. I'm in my underwear, guys. Thanks for sharing. They're boxers. I'm wearing a suit. Blue and white. <laughs> I'm somewhere in between you two. But I just, won't tell how. Just a tie and a, and a suit jacket, <laughs> but totally naked on the bottom. And then dress shoes. I'm not wearing anything under my suit, you know. Ooh. I see. <laughs> Got a hot date. 
The suit space. is the underwear. Yeah, it's an undersuit. <laughs> but you got like Under Armour over it. <laughs> Just going jogging, you know. <laughs> yeah, I've got I got sweatpants sweatpants on over my dress pants. <laughs> You're ready for every occasion. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you're so ready you can for walk into the party and just rip off. <laughs> you're ready for exactly head. one very unlikely occasion. Dude, you know what? I, <laughs> I really want some rip away pants. There's no joke. There's no joke to that. I I really want rip away pants. Yeah, not for anything like sexual or provocative. No, just, just for me. Just cause. Yeah, I'm doing it for me. It sounds convenient. A present to yeah. myself. I used to. Just... Um, I would occasionally like wear pajama pants. And then wear like a second pair of pants over it, and occasionally just in situations where it'd be weird for somebody to take off their pants, I would just take off my pants and be wearing pants underneath. Life is fun. <laughs> <laughs> just, it, it, it just took me a little bit to try and figure out what was going on. Yeah, I decided that was a good point for a beat panel. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. Maybe put some Zorak blinking sounds in there. <laughs> Yeah. Blank, blank. Um, blank, blank. So before we reveal anything weirder about ourselves, uh, let's wrap this up. Mm-hmm. Um, Wrapping. Do you guys have any extra details about this show? Um, Zane, let's start off I with you. I love it. I'm Zane. Great. Um, I I genuinely love this show. I I think it's so inventive. Um, even though we've seen stuff that's sort of spawned by it, there's really nothing quite like it. Like. Again, cartoons talking to real people in a talk show setting. Anything else you add to that is going to be pretty funny. And then they put it in space. And, <laughs> you know, that's got to be good. So I, I love the inventiveness. They hit where they were going for. So it was a lot of fun to watch. Also, they had Adam, Adam West on one time. Really? Yeah. And uh, Space Ghost flo- flirted with not one but two cat women. Uh, for me, the show was a bit more hit or miss, but I would say overall, yeah, definitely a success. Certainly very unique. <laughs> you can't argue that it's not unique. <laughs> I, I I agree with you, Zane, that it, there are, there are it, it, that it can be hit or miss. It came um, into its own. Yeah, it has some some stumbling blocks, but it uh, overall so amazing. The the one like. Detail that I re- really wanted to make sure gets talked about. Because I tried to do a little bit of research into this, and I couldn't actually find an answer. But, okay, so we talked about Banjo a little bit before. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Banjo being Space Ghost's uh, a sea monkey that... Uh, I don't. I forget if he ingests yeah. some chemicals uh, or something happens to him that he grows monstrous in size mm-hmm. and is going to destroy Zorak. Classic then, Space Ghost talk show plot line, <laughs> right? So like the guests are trying it's to talk, mutation. but then Space Ghost just has to deal with this, you know, radioactive sea monkey. <laughs> Come on, Conan, uh, step up your game. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he never has a radio radioactive sea monkeys. Just the one time, but uh, and this episode. It ends, it ends with this like big emotional moment where Space Ghost zaps, uh, Banjo, the sea monkey, and goes, Why, Banjo, why? <laughs> why do we always hurt the ones we love? <laughs> Banjo! <laughs> and like, does that really loud? I hope that wasn't too loud. That was no, great. Um, it was fine. But the, the thing that I love so much about this episode is not just that it was a funny episode, but it, it gets revisited several times yeah. throughout the course of Space Ghost. Once with um uh Kirk the S- James Kirkconnell the storyteller who draws 
picture books about what happened in this episode and <laughs> relates it. It's just like this random old guy just talking about, and then Space Ghost talked to Weird Al Yankovic, and he asked him this, and he said that, and he just goes through it it's beat great. by beat. It's, and then there's another funny. one. Is a is the the live action the live action reenactment of episode uh, of, of of segments that happen <laughs> in Space Ghost, <laughs> like with like like with a person a physical person playing Space Ghost in them. Y- yeah, and it's uh, I forget which guy, but it's one of the original cre- creators who is playing Space Ghost. It's I think it's, it, may, it might be Andy Merrill or um and this episode is called Woody Allen's Fall Project. <laughs> That's, and that's I've pretty been funny. I've been scouring the internet to find out if Woody Allen actually was involved in it in any way because the rumor I heard in high school was that Woody Allen directed that episode instead of being a guest. <laughs> oh, I thought it was a riff on the what was it? The Alan Sparhawk project? What what am I thinking What's of? What's that? I don't know. It's like some band. I don't know music guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's people who it's are listening try. probably know it. <laughs> Um, but the, yeah, they, they do a couple bits from other episodes in Woody Allen's Fall Project, but mo- most importantly, they close with the banjo sequence, mm. which is just, I don't know. I like, I actually, I'll have to check that I out. Get a, I get a little choked up just thinking about banjo sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it it's very impressive that a show that, you know, was so unique and creative pushed the boundaries even within the context of the show and did like a live action segment or a storyteller segment like that's yeah. that's really cool the way you guys say it was kind of hit or miss with the comedy i mean that's the mark of innovation you know mm-hmm. yeah you, you hit gotta, it sometimes and the other times you don't you gotta just remember that you gotta take risks you gotta take risks to make it that you gotta you gotta you gotta to make an omelet you gotta break a few eggs you gotta break a couple that's eggs, how it's or, yeah. done you, Alex, take but notes. I, I'm, I'm taking the notes. I want to uh, hear pencil. Egg all over my face. Oh, I got yolk on my face. You got, it's terrible. Got a pro here. I'm doing kung fu moves <laughs> at you. <laughs> yeah, I'm sitting at the desk doing the Space Ghost kung fu moves. I, I do think though that some of the hit or missness just comes with the fact that it's not just that people are writing this show, but they're writing it around these interviews that they have. And some people are just more interesting guests to watch. Sure, That's, Some people are just yeah. like, I'm just like, who are you and why were you relevant in 1997? I don't know. <laughs> I don't understand your generation. Um, yeah. Cool. All right. Well, uh, I believe that is pre- that's all the time we have for today's interview. Oh, no. <laughs> Put them in the box. Um so if you would like to see us break a few eggs, tune in to our next episode where we will be having the Cartoni Awards. That's right. The first Ooh. annual Cartoni Awards where we, uh, Ben and I select uh, a variety of episodes and things that we considered the most superlative. Yep. Yep. Including uh, one uh, category is most superlative superlative. And that should mm, be great. Wow! If you you guys <laughs> that would be have, the greatest. <laughs> you guys have uh, you guys still have time to write into either our Facebook page or our website at www.cartoncast.com if you want to suggest something for us to debate over. And it's going to be a stupid debate, but wouldn't you like to be part <laughs> of it? Probably. Um, and uh, Ben, what are we going to be watching after that? 
cartoon uh we're watching after it we, we've been doing a lot of weird shit we had robert yep. downey jr and space ghost in quick succession with some harem genre in the middle and now we're yep. having cartonia words so let's go back to basics i want us to look at hey arnold hey arnold Ooh. yo Ernest. Um, this <laughs> this is i remember when you when when you first came up with the idea for the carton cast mm-hmm we were we were out having crepes and we were specifically talking about hey arnold and we like did our demo like face to face hey remember in hey arnold when this and we kind of went through and that's how the carton cast developed so i'm very excited for this this is gonna be very very special um (laughs) (laughs) uh, that sounds great beat panels alex is there anything that you would like to plug uh yeah you can uh check out great question on itunes or stitcher or you can go to my big dumb website which is www.sodabags.com and you can you can find uh all the episodes of it there as well excellent is there a story behind soda bags there there is but also no great it's a it's a nonsense (laughs) word that's that's you know that's our mark as well quit horning in on our territory (laughs) <laughs> you uh, it was a, it was a nickname I had in a band at one point. I love band so. nicknames. They always make no sense in a way that's for some reason appropriate. It's so good. Yeah, Super Elephant. Um, that's my nickname. I just I just smile whenever I make someone else use that word and hear it come out of their mouth. <laughs> so it's it's sort of a, just a, a a big prank on the rest of the world. So if you like to smile by having us put words out of our mouth, um, go ahead and like us on Facebook Nailed or leave it. a comment. <laughs> um, yeah. King, King of segues. More, more importantly, tell your friends about the show. Uh, Alex, thank you so much for joining us. This yes, was, thanks very much. Thank you. This, this, thank this you so podcast, much for having me. This podcast has been a great answer to a great question that nobody asked. Yeah, that one was, that one was uh, burning up in my armpits and everything. God, this is coming in over easy. Shit. On fire. <laughs> um, well, uh, until next time, see you later, Space Ghost Cowboy. <laughs>